This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. I just want to welcome you to part three of our series. We're calling it I Am Jesus in His Own Words. There's a lot that others have said about him, but we want to know what he said about himself and how that impacts our life today and what difference does that make in our life today. So in week one, we talked about that Jesus, he made this statement. He said, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never hunger, will never hunger. He who comes to me will never hunger. And we talked about the fact that there is no blessing of God available to you and I today apart from Jesus. And even though he prepares a table for us and it's got all the meat and potatoes and the green beans on the table, we cannot partake of everything on the table apart from the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Last week we said, Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. Everybody say the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. He will not walk in darkness. So thank God if we, if we come to him, we'll never hunger. If we follow him, we will never thirst. Amen. Or we won't walk in darkness. And so that, that's, a, that's a good deal, right? And so I want us to look today at the next statement that Jesus made. And you can find it in John the 10th chapter. And we're also going to be looking in Psalm the 23rd chapter. But in John chapter 10, verse 11, y'all help me out with this. What did Jesus say? He said what? I am what? What did he say he was? I am the what? Good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. This is not something that someone else said about him. This is something that he said of himself. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays his down. Now, how many of you that know that Jesus didn't kind of lay down his life he, he laid it down, right? He, he gave up his life voluntarily. As a matter of fact, he said that no one can take my life from me. I give it, right? And so we see time after time that they tried to kill Jesus. They tried to push him off a cliff. And he said, but no one can take my life. I must lay it down. And he laid his life down for us on the cross, right? He laid his life down. He died for us on the cross. And he is a good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Everything that he does is good. Amen. He's the good shepherd, implying that there might be some that he didn't think were so good. As a matter of fact, he said in chapter, uh, chapter, I mean, in chapter 10, verse 1, he said this, that uh, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And so Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, but he said, there are some that are thieves and they're robbers. And then down in verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But the good shepherd came to do what? Give us life and that more abundantly, or give us life to the full, or a full and satisfying life. Do you realize that there is no full and satisfying life apart from the good shepherd? And so Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. 
I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And how many of you know that, that Satan, our enemy, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and wow, and, and you know, he's, he's doing that. He is doing that. Think he's try, he wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy our children. And I mean, think of all the, 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 the weird things that kids do today that just, it's just meant to destroy their life, like eating Tide Pods. I mean, now, my mom's washed out my mouth of soap once or twice, but, you know, eating a Tide Pod, I don't, I don't know about that, but, you know, the, but the enemy wants to destroy our kids, and he wants to destroy marriages, and he wants to destroy families. He wants to do that, and he wants to, he wants to destroy with sickness and disease, and he wants to destroy, but Jesus the good shepherd wants to bring life to you and I. He wants us to enjoy a full and satisfying life. So he says, I am the good shepherd, and but he's the good shepherd. So who are you and I in this metaphor? Who are we? We are the sheep. He is the good shepherd. You and I, in this metaphor, we are the sheep. Now, Scripture mentions sheep more than any other animal in the Bible. Over 200 times sheep are mentioned in the Word of God. Now contrast that with other animals. Dogs are mentioned 44 times in the Scriptures. Cats are mentioned a whopping zero <laughs> times in the Scripture unless you want to kind of put lions in the category of cats. And if you want to do that, I've got a scripture for that. The devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, which you see the connection between Satan and cats. All right. We, we got that straight. And uh, one thing I'm going to do when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, hey, why did you create the cat? Why did you create the cat? And so, uh, anyway, so so Jesus is the good shepherd. You and I are the sheep in this metaphor. And that's really not good news for you and I. Because sheep are the dumbest animals on the planet. They just are. They, they, they're just, they're not, they're not very intelligent. I mean, as a matter of fact, if you go to a circus, you're going to see elephants that are trained you can see dogs that are trained. You can see lions and tigers that are trained. I mean, you can even go to a flea circus, and even fleas are trained. But you will not see a sheep there. Why? Because sheep can't be trained. They're just not that. They're not, they're not smart enough. So you and I are referred to as sheep. Now, I know that's not great news right now, but thank God we're not sheep left on our own. We have a good shepherd. So let me give you four challenges that you and I face as sheep. Number one, sheep get lost. If you're taking notes, sheep get lost really easy. Sheep get lost. Matter of fact, in Isaiah 53, it says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one going in our own way. So sheep get lost 
Very easy. They, they, they just get lost. Number two, and so if you don't believe that, husband, if you don't believe that, just ask your wife. Now, now husbands, I know this, husbands will refuse, and this before the days of GPS, husbands would refuse to stop and ask directions, right? And, and man, I can get lost. I, I have no sense of direction, I, none. So, you know, I, I rely on GPS if I'm going somewhere unfamiliar because I, I simply have no sense of direction in my life. So number two, sheep are defenseless. Now, cats have claws. They can scratch, right? Uh, I mean, you got kangaroos can kick. I mean, alligators can use their tail and their teeth, right? I mean, other animals are, are really fast. They can, uh, that's, their, that's their defense. They, they can run really fast. Others they, they can blend in with the environment. So that's their defense. Sheep have no defense. They have no defensive weapons. They have no defensive mechanism. I mean, all, all they can do when, when an when a enemy, when a predator comes at them, all they can do, and I'm going to warn you, this is a bad joke. All they can do is say, back off. <laughs> so that's all sheep can do. And so they, they just have, they have no defense. I told you it was bad. I told you it was really bad. All right. So sheep are defenseless. Number three, sheep are very stubborn. Now look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Not everybody did that. Sheep are very stubborn. As a matter of fact, it's said that, that sheep can, they, they'll walk in between two rocks and two narrow rocks and and, and they'll get wedged into those rocks instead of, you know, beep, 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 and backing out. They'll just keep trying to move forward and get themselves stuck in between two rocks. Well, sheep are very, very stubborn. You know, so, you know so, sometimes girls say, man, how come I keep picking the, 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 the wrong guy? How come I keep picking, you know, I keep picking the bad guys, keep picking the wrong guy? And, or, you know, guys, I keep picking the wrong girls. Or some people say, I, I just never have any money. Let's go to the mall and talk about it. And, you know, just, I mean, just, just, just stubborn, stubborn. And so sheep are very stubborn. They, they, they have their own head. They want their own way. And I, I, I like this over here. And I want this over here. And I want this over there. And so, you know, sheep, they, they, they go astray. They go in their own way. And when they go in their own way, they experience problems in their life. Right? Kind of like you and I. So sheep are stubborn. And then fourth, sheep are are filthy. Sheep are filthy. I mean, just a dirty, dirty animal. And, and doesn't the word say that all of us have sinned? We've all fallen short of the glory of God. In, in the eyes of God, before we were saved, before we were washed in the blood of Jesus, before we became a new creation in Christ Jesus, our, our very life was a stench to God. Sheep on their own, left on their own, are they, they are filthy, filthy animals. Didn't that come from a movie, Home Alone? You filthy animal. Anyway. <laughs> so the bottom line is sheep need a shepherd. And you and I need a savior. Sheep need a shepherd. You and I need a savior. 
So for the rest of our time this morning, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about four qualities of the good shepherd. Four qualities of the good shepherd and how these four qualities will just absolutely impact our life if we will put ourselves under the care of the good shepherd. If we will put ourselves under the care of the good shepherd, these four qualities will absolutely change our life. Number one, the good shepherd guides. He guides. Everybody say, he guides. And that's important because, as we've already mentioned, as sheep, we have a tendency to go astray. We have a tendency to just pick our own way and, and do our own thing, but in Psalm chapter 23, and in your notes, it says 13. There is no Psalm 23, 13. It's Psalm 23, verses 1 and 3. Notice what he says. The Lord is my shepherd, verse 3. He leads me in paths of righteousness, or he leads me in right paths. In other words, God's going to lead you in the right way. He's going to lead you, Proverbs 3 says, he's going to lead you along the best path for your life. But I want you to notice what it says. He leads. He leads. He will not force you. He will not make you. He leads. Everybody say, he leads. He, leads. he guides. He guides. So, uh, have you ever found yourself needing to make an important decision, whether should I marry this person, should I date this person, should I purchase this house, should I change jobs, whatever it may be. Anybody in here ever made, uh, needed to make a really important decision before? Anybody in here ever made a poor decision before? And did the poor decision have consequences to it? Yeah, it has consequences to it. It can, it can cost us money. It can cost us a great deal of time. It can cost us a great deal of heartache. I mean, making the wrong decision doesn't just affect today. It can affect the future. And so the good shepherd wants to help you and I make good decisions. So he guides us. In John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, says the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. Y'all say that. Say, I hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. And what does he do? He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, I talk to a lot of believers a lot of times. And they say, well, I just, I, I just can't hear God. I, I can't hear God talk to me. I I don't think God talks to me. I don't think God speaks to me. And that's contrary to the scriptures because the scriptures say that his sheep hear his voice. His sheep know his voice, right? And so a lot of times I think maybe when we're talking about hearing from God, we leave this impression that God, when he speaks, it's always audible and, and it's out here somewhere and, and I would hear it and other people will hear it. Now, God can speak audibly. And it may not be audible to everyone else, but it could be audible to you. But that is not the primary way that he speaks. Most of the time, God speaks in an inward voice, a still small voice right on the inside of us. Now, if, 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 we had, if, if this room was just full of ladies and you as a man, just a, just a, just a 
man by yourself, and if you were standing out in the lobby and we had a room in here that had 50 ladies, what do you think the 50 ladies in here would be doing? Y'all don't be afraid to say it. Well, they would be talking. And they would be talking, and if this room was filled with 50 men, there would be no talking. There would be, where's the game? You know, whatever. And so, but if you walked into a room and had 50 ladies, they'd be talking. And, and if Tammy was in that room, there, if Tammy was in that room, and I walked in, and, and, I, and all the ladies were talking at the same time, and it's amazing to me they can understand what everybody's saying, everybody's talking. I would be able, I would be able to pick out her voice with all the ladies talking. And the reason I would be able to pick out her voice and know her voice is because I know her. And I know her voice because I've spent enough time to know her voice. And if you were to walk in, I'd say, can, can you hear my wife's voice? Man, I hear a lot of voices. I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of talking, but I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you which one is, is Tammy. Well, the reason why, either you don't know her or you haven't spent enough time with her to know her voice. And so if you say, well, I, don't, I, I really don't know the voice of God, it's either because you don't know him or you haven't spent enough time with him to cultivate that and become familiar with his voice. So there's a solution to both of those problems. And so we'll get to that in just a minute. So everybody say, he guides. He guides. Number two, number two, he provides. Boy, this is awesome. The good shepherd provides for us. As a matter of fact, in verse 2, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. Verse 2 says, I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. Now, I don't know this for a fact. You know, I've, I've, I've read, a little, read up on sheep a little bit over the last few days, but... Uh, one, one article that I read that, that sheep wouldn't lay down unless, number one, three, they had three conditions. Number one, that they were, they were well fed. Number two, that, that everything was good in the flock. In other words, the flock wasn't fighting with each other. And then number three, that they felt safe. They felt safe. And so that is the, that is the job of the shepherd to make sure the sheep are well fed. Number two, that, that they're getting along that they're getting along, and then number three, that they feel safe. And if, and, and if those three conditions are met, then they'll lay down and rest. And what a picture that, you know, Jesus, our good shepherd, our good shepherd, he, he, he definitely wants us to be well-fed. He wants us to be well-fed, and that's not just a pastor's responsibility. That's your responsibility as a believer, as a Christian. You seek God. You spend time in the Word of God. You ask him to give you this day your daily bread, right? And so uh, it, it's, he, he makes sure that we're well fed, and then he wants to make sure that we're all getting along, right? And so sometimes we, we need the good shepherd to come into our house and make sure the family's getting along and we're not squabbling and, and we need that peace and we need him to settle things. And so when, when all that's done and we're getting along, we feel safe. Guess what? We can lay down and there can be real rest. There can be real rest in our souls and there can be real rest in our homes and it can be a peaceful environment. He is a good shepherd and he's good to us. Amen. And then he says that he, he leads us beside the still waters. And the reason that the shepherd leads the sheep by the still waters because the sheep won't, won't drink out of water that's running swiftly. 
Why? Because if they slip in, they're going to become, they're going to, all that, all that wool is just going to absorb all that water. They're going to be a big cotton ball floating down the river, what, and they're going to drown. So he, he makes sure that he takes them to a place where they're not threatened by the current, and they can sit in there drinking from the still waters. And that is a wonderful picture. God wants there to be peace in your life. Jesus wants there to be peace in your life. And if there's not peace in your life, it's because you're not following close enough to the good shepherd. So he, he guides, number two, he provides, number three, he protects. Everybody say he protects. He protects. He protects us. In verses four and five in Psalm 23, it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. You know, God doesn't want you to live your life afraid. He doesn't want you to live your life in, free, in, in fear. He said, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. My cup overflows with blessings. So, you know, the, the shepherd has this rod. It's a weapon. And he has this staff, and it's got a hook on the end. And so with the rod, I mean, he can, he can beat off other things. Or, or he takes this staff, and it's got a hook on the end. And he can, you know, he can pull the sheep out of whatever predicament they're in. Or, or he can comfort the sheep with this staff. And so he's got this rod and this staff. And it says this, that you anoint my head with oil. Now, again, I've been reading up on sheep, and so, you know, we've already mentioned that sheep are very filthy animals, and, and, and they stink. They stink really bad. And so a lot of times, flies will get up in their, their nose and lay eggs in their nose, and that larvae will get up into their nasal cavities, and sometimes even move up into their brain and just and, and hatch and just drive the sheep crazy to the point where they're banging their head against the wall, and they kill themselves. Why? And now, now get this. You anoint my head with oil. Now evidently, evidently this, this oil worked as some kind of repellent. Amen. You know God wants to anoint your head with oil where things just don't irritate you so bad. Some of us, we get so irritated about the littlest things, and we get so out of sorts, and we get all out of peace, and, and we're all agitated, and, and we're, man, we want to, you know, kind of want to pull our hair out and just irritated and agitated and angry and, and upset, and God wants to anoint your head with oil. Why? So those things don't irritate us so bad and so often. So well, I don't get irritated. Well, I'm going to ask your wife. I'm going to ask your husband. How easily irritated you see? Because being easily irritated could just be something going on, and you just you just, you need the good shepherd to anoint your head, to anoint your head, and just bring peace to your life. Bring peace. Bring peace. Bring peace. Amen. And so he. Everybody say he protects. He protects us. And then he said, my cup overflows. My cup overflows. He, he wants you and I to enjoy a rich and satisfying life. So he guides. He provides. He protects. And one way that he protects us, and this is so important, is that he also 
corrects us. He corrects. Everybody say, he corrects. Now, I saved this one for last because this is the one that you're going to get the happiest about. This is the one that you're going to shout about and you're going to tweet about and you're going to remember. Now, this is, this is the exciting one. He, he, he corrects us. And the way that he protects us and the way that he guides us and the way that he provides for us is a lot of times he has to bring correction to us. He has to bring some correction to us. So notice this verse in Job chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. It says, Behold, happy or blessed is the man whom God corrects. Now, I mean, is that what you're thinking when you're being corrected? Oh, when God, you're being corrected. Oh, I am so blessed. I am just so, I am so happy. God is blessing me when I, when I, when I have to take my phone from my teenagers. They're not, I mean, they're not, oh, praise the Lord. Daddy took our phone from us and we can't see our friends for three days. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God, you're so good. That's usually not the response, is it? <clears throat> That's not the response when we're receiving correction from God. But correction is proof that God loves you. He says that he chastens every son that he loves. And if you're not experiencing chastening or correction from the Lord... The word tells us it's because we don't belong to him, that we're not a son, that we're illegitimate. But he chastens, he corrects, he scourges every child that he loves. And so Job, he says, behold, happy is the man that God corrects. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Now, get this, and I want to explain it. Notice what he says. For he bruises, but he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. Now, you have to understand something in the Scriptures that, especially in the, in the Old Testament, you'll see things that are said about God in the accusative tense. In other words, God put these diseases on whoever, or God did this, or God did it. And so it's in the accusative tense. But in the original languages, when you see language like that, it's not in the accusative tense. It's in the permissive tense. God permitted. God didn't do it. God permitted. You know, there's a lot of things that God will permit in our life. And I'm not talking about sickness and disease. You've been redeemed from sickness and disease. But one thing that you have not been redeemed from is which why God works overtime to keep you away from it. You have not been redeemed completely from the consequence of bad decisions. Right? You have not been redeemed completely from the consequence of sin. Now, you can be forgiven of sin, and God's not going to hold you against you, and you're going to go to heaven, but how many of you know that sin has a consequence within itself? 
that doesn't have anything to do. Sin, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will cause you to experience less than God's best in your life. That's why God tells you to stay away from it. Not because he just wants you to be this goody two-shoes and holier than thou and, and better than everybody else because he knows sin will kill you. He, know that, he knows that sin will steal from you. He knows that sin, sin will destroy you. So he wants you to stay away. So uh, there may be a time when our loving Heavenly Father, our Good Shepherd, may allow us to experience the consequences of our stupid decisions. And he does that as a measure of his protection to ensure that we don't make stupider. <laughs> I know that's not a word, but it works, right? Y'all understand. Worse decisions that would jeopardize our life even further and further into the future. Let me say it like this. Sometimes God will let your sin be exposed to cut it off. Are you listening? To cut it off so you won't continue down that path and destroy your life. That is a part, that is part of his correction in your life. Now, see how happy everybody is? Oh, praise the Lord. Lord, I'm just asking you, just, just expose my sin. Just, just bring it up. Now, we don't pray that, do we? <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm glad we're happy about it. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline, no correction is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. Everybody say it's painful. It's painful when, when your sin is exposed. It's painful when you're, you're experiencing the consequence of your bad decisions. That's painful. Is that right? It's painful. But the reason that God lets you experience it sometimes, and the reason that he lets it come out sometimes, is so you will stop that you will make corrections. Is that right? Okay. So uh, he said, it's not enjoyable why it's happening. It's painful, but afterward. Everybody say afterward. 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 There will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. This is a training. This is not something that you just get saved and, oh, man, I just love the discipline of the Lord and I know what it's going to work in my life. No, this is a training. And so as we mature in our relationship with Christ, there comes a time where we realize that, that God's correction is not to pain us. God's correction is not to hurt us. God's correction for us is, is so that our life will yield this fruit of right living. And we, when we mature, we begin to understand that, that 
we're being trained and that every time that God brings correction or discipline in our life, it's not to pain us, it's to help us. It's to help us to stay in that place where he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I, I lay down in these green fields and, and I'm enjoying the good life and I'm experiencing a life where my cup is running over and, and, and I'm experiencing the fullness of God in my life and, and, and the benefits of God in my life. But you see, if God just lets us go, because you and I, we have a tendency to wander. And so many times the reason that we wander is because we wonder. I wonder what this would be like. I wonder what this would be like over here. I wonder if this is going to be good for me. I wonder about this. And so we get into this wandering mode and then pretty soon we're wandering from God and we're wandering off the path and we're wandering off the, the, the right way and, and, and it begins to have consequence in our life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Amen. So everybody say, he guides, he provides, he protects, and he corrects. He does all that. You know, there's a, I, read a, I read a story about this drama professor in this college. And he had this drama class, and he had them all in there. And, and he said, so today, one by one, we're going to stand up in front of the class, and we're going, we're going to recite the 23rd Psalm. We've been looking at it this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so he said, we're going to recite this. And one by one, we're going to get up and recite it. And so he said, I'm going to go first. And so the professor gets up there with great eloquence and great drama. And, you know, he's a drama professor. And so great eloquence and great drama and sophistication. He stands up before the class and, you know, with, with great or, oratory skills, he begins to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And just being dramatic about it. And, and he sits down and then the shyest person in the class is on the front row. He says, now it's your turn. And so the, the boy, he gets up, the student gets up, and just really shy, really shy, he gets up in front of the class, and, you know, and this, he was a Christian, and nobody knew this, but he was a Christian, so he gets up and, you know, just shy, but I'm going to do it. He, he starts off, the Lord is my shepherd, and when, when he said that, he just began to remember what the presence of the good shepherd has meant in his life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he begins to remember all the times that God has provided for him. He begins to remember how, how he even got to school and how the Lord provided for him to get to school. And, and he just began to recite, not as eloquently as the professor, not with the oratory skills as the professor. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he just remembered, to, he just began to remember the goodness of the shepherd in his life. And he, he began to get emotional. And he was touched by it. And I mean, and he, he was saying it trembling. And, and by the time he was finished, he finally got through. It took me a while to get through the whole 23rd Psalm. 
The professor had tears coming down his face. Students were sitting, some were just dumbfounded, just staring at him. The room was silent. Some had tears running down their face, and the professor gets up. And he said, let me tell you the difference between what I did and what he did. He said, I know the psalm. He knows the shepherd. He knows the shepherd. And here's the question today. Do you know the shepherd? You can know the psalm and not know the shepherd. Jesus said of some Jewish people, he said, you search the scriptures. For in them you think that you have eternal life, but they speak about me. But you won't come to me that you might have life. Do you know the shepherd this morning? The shepherd is good. He wants to guide you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to protect you. And he wants to correct you. But that's good. Do you know him? In Luke 15, Jesus tells a parable. And it's really about people who have, it's really about people who have wandered from God. And he talks about a lost sheep. He talks about a lost coin. And he talks about a lost son. In the parable, Jesus said, what shepherd is there if he had a hundred sheep and, and one wanders off like sheep typically have a tendency to do, they go astray, will he not leave the 99 and go find the one? You may be the one in here today that he's looking for. And it's not, it's not enough just for you to know that the shepherd exists. It's not enough for you just to believe that, that the shepherd is there. Do you know him? You know, Jesus said that there's going to be those who come to him and say, didn't we invoke your name? Didn't we heal the sick in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I, I, I never what? I never knew you. Do you know him? Not do you know about him? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you know him personally? Not, not are you trying to do your best? Not I'm trying to live my best. No, do you know the shepherd, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Because that's what he wants. He wants, a, he wants a relationship. He says that he calls his own sheep by name. He wants, to, he wants a relationship with you like that. Do you know him? And then some people say, well, Pastor Chuck, I don't, I believe in the Lord. I don't. But do I know him? I don't. I think I have a relationship with him. I don't know. Maybe I don't, but I think I do. Now, you know, Tammy and I, we've been married almost 25 years. We're in our 25th year. And, and if someone were to come to me and say, hey, are, are you married? 
And don't y'all think it'd be something wrong or be a little confusing if I said, hmm. I think so, but I'm not sure if I'm married or not. I, I think I am. Wouldn't that be a little strange? No, because if you know that you're in a relationship, you know it. If you're in a relationship, if you're married, you know that you're married. And if you have a relationship with Christ, it's not a hope so, it's not a think so, it's no so. I know. And so I just want to, I want to make sure everyone in here, you see, God's got good things for you. You've been doing it your own way, man. You and I, without Jesus, we're total screw-ups. I mean, we, we, we mess it all up. We mess it all up. And I just want to make sure everybody in here has an opportunity to make Jesus the good shepherd of your life. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Look, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just right there in your seat, you pastor, say, Pastor Chuck, I'm, I've gone astray. And maybe you've known the Lord, and, but you've, you've gone astray. You're not serving him like you know you should. And you just need to find your way back home. Well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to include you in this prayer. So you say, Pastor Chuck, I need to find my way back home. I need to make it back. Or you say, I don't know that I have a relationship, but I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for it. And all you're going to have to do in just a minute, all you have to do is lift your hand. I'm going to pray for it. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to make you stand up. Just right there where you are. So I'm going to count to three. If that's you and you want to be included in this prayer, lift your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now. Thank you. All over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Good, good, good. Anyone else? I'm looking across the room. Very good. All right. You can put your hands down. All right. I want to pray with you. I'm not just pray for you. I want to pray with you. So everybody pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I believe that he gives me new life right now. Jesus, I want you to be my good shepherd. I want you to lead me. I look to you to provide for me. I, I want you to, to, to guide me, provide for me, protect me. And correct me. Thank you. Amen. Everyone, let's give these a real big hand, all right? Amen. God's good. Hey, speaking of the shepherd that leaves the 99 and goes after the one, you know, in two weeks from day is Easter Sunday. And one thing that we know that Jesus did, he came to seek and to save the lost. And so if you know that you have a lost person in your life, whether it be a, a friend or a family member or, you know, a, a, an acquaintance or a neighbor that, that doesn't know Jesus or they're not in church somewhere, statistics say that if you were to invite them to church on Easter Sunday, specifically on that Sunday, if they are not already going to church, if you would invite them, 80, over 80% would come with you on that Sunday. And what an opportunity to, for you to be involved in someone receiving Christ. Because we're going to see, we're going to, we're going to see many, many, dozens and dozens and dozens of people receive Christ on that morning. And so 
be a bringer. Bring somebody with you. So Easter Sunday, we've got, we've got services at 8, 9.30, and 11. Is that right? 8, 9.30, yeah, and 11. 8, 9, 30, 11. So uh, we just encourage you to bring somebody with you. Amen? All right, God bless you. Love you all so much. Take a nap today. I think so, but I'm not real sure. I know that I'm in a relationship. And if you have a relationship with Christ, you know that you do. And if you're not sure, you don't. We say, well, that's just kind of cut and dry. That's the way it is. You either know or you don't know. So if that's you, I want to pray for you. And, and you say, well, wow, man, I'm just, my heart's just, just pounding on the inside of me. That's the Lord knocking on the door of your heart. So every head bowed and every head closed. This is between you and God. Nobody's looking around. I'm going to just count to three. You say, please pray for me. I, don't, I, I want to know him. I don't think I do. I'm not confident I do. But I want to. I'm going to count to three. That's you. Raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I see your hands. Thank you, thank you. Good. Awesome. All right, let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I want to know you. I give you all my heart. I give you all my life. I come to you in faith and receive you and I ask that you would receive me thank you for saving me thank you for being my shepherd amen church let's give all these a really big hand all right amen everybody say again say he guides me he provides for me he will Correct me, but only to protect me. Amen. God bless you.